Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. Vuga Online. Welcome uh, to the Hope Makers Show. What I do every time, this is the second episode, and every time we have this conversation now, and I say it every time like we've been doing it forever, but it feels like forever uh, because uh, uh, Mark and I have been speaking on and off um, in terms of this hope making experience. And, and so it feels like this has been a long time coming. So this is our second episode. Uh, we had an episode with Peter Katz, which uh, started this whole conversation. So when Mark came in, I just went like, eh, I don't even want you to say anything. <laughs> I, well, I, he wouldn't even let me say hello to him. That's the thing. Hey, man, Casey. No. Yeah. How are you, Mark? Good, good. How are you doing? Well, it's good to see you. It's good to see you. I'm kind of excited about 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 um, about this. Um, uh, and, and, and and I don't even know what we're doing uh, with this thing, but I'm hoping and to everyone that's listening, it's bringing you um, some kind of sense of. A different world. If if you look at where the world is, I mean, we've had a very interesting two years uh, up, up to where we are now. Uh, and I don't know about you. Um, how has the how has the last two years been for you? Oh yeah. Well, thank you for asking. Uh, the last two years. Uh, see, I'm 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 stopping to try to say something profound. <laughs> Because the circumstances were so dire and huge that I'm saying I need to say something dire and huge about it. Uh, uh, but uh, I've just been doing my stuff. <laughs> I've been going. Well, you know, because human beings, you acclimate. Yeah. Right? So when you, uh, like, I'm saying, oh, yeah, what do I say that's so resounding? But, you know, you kind of, like, go with the flow and you kind of get you even unusual circumstances you kind of get on you get used to them you have to deal with them so yeah. i didn't have anything because i've acclimated yes that's that's fascinating actually maybe it, let's go there for a moment and then sure. and, and then we'll get to introducing you because people don't even know who i'm talking who i'm talking to yet but uh we'll get there you guys know that i i hang out with some with very important people and you already know that uh, mark is a very important person and you'll hear you'll hear it now but i'm curious about this acclamation um piece um because the the thing is, acclimating to what? Um, uh, what was it before? What 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 did you then have to acclimate to for you? Yeah. Um, well, so for instance, I'm uh, uh, I'm a very uh, I love people. Yes. So I'm a very social kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, at times, not always. But so for instance. As part of my business, I used to love going out and meeting people and speaking to people. It's like before we started recording, uh, I, uh, you had said, I forget what you said, but it was, I said, oh, so why are you so happy or whatnot? And you said, oh, well, we get to do this. And you know what I mean? That's how I feel. It's like, oh, geez, I get to do this. I get to talk to Mungazi. I get to talk to the wonderful people out there. Like what could be better? So, um, so I was used to being out and my business model 
to to be you know blunt about it was about me going out there and and like being with people so not only was i uh, did i was i not able to speak to as many people as i wanted to but it actually like went towards the engine i i mean again i acclimated and changed and then i thrived but initially it was like like it was both a social problem but also oh my god it's the engine of my business i know people have faced much worse so i'm not trying to to make yeah. it but you asked me yes but, but 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 i like that because you know sometimes we sit around and thinking um that because the statement you just made people face worse and uh, it's always very interesting this whole comparison i mean compared right. to what compared to who because i think each and every one of us our experience our loss our joy our happiness it's just so different uh, in 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 many ways and i would like to talk a little bit about that and hope and all of that but let's take two steps back <laughs> guys i'm speaking i'm spitting onto my mic now you won't see that's how excited i am <laughs> <laughs> that's why you have a sponge on your mic it's not for the sound yeah. to wipe away the saliva right Exactly. So, welcome to the Hope Makers Show, guys. And uh, I'm I'm with uh, Mark Levy, a positioning strategist who helps organizations and thought leaders differentiate themselves using what he calls their sexy, a uh, big sexy idea. That's that's kind of like how he does it. But I'm gonna let Mark introduce himself um, into this, and then um, I usually have a very uh, weird uh, 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 question. Um, in this instance mark um we're talking today about hope and hope makers but before we even go any further like we've already jumped into it uh, what should people know about you okay cool yeah so i'm mark levy i'm a differentiation expert i differentiate uh businesses and brands and fault leaders around as you said what i call their big sexy idea their signature idea the idea they're going to be known for throughout the world and i make sure it comes through loud and clear in everything they do so that anyone in the marketplace or the world who hears about that idea and wants that idea in their lives they have to seek my client out because if they went to someone other than my client for that idea they'd get the diet version of that idea they'd get the watered down weak version of that idea so they got to go to my person for the full idea um i have worked with uh um like uh, uh simon sinek of start with why fame uh on his differentiation uh the head of the former head of strategy of the harvard business school tv shows that um like big organizations or so um and also one other thing that people should know about me because it very much uh colors the work that i do is i also have a background as a magician Ooh. so oh yeah i don't know that you know that right if you no, see behind me, if yeah. you, you see behind me there's the poster steve cohen the millionaire's steve, magician yeah. so yeah. i differentiated steve cohen and but also he and i co-created his show chamber magic it's a magic show that's run for 21 years in midtown manhattan on tripadvisor it is the uh uh the highest rated or the second highest rated live show in new york city it's rated higher than even hamilton so uh-huh. i am very much i create illusions and tricks and magic shows 
And so why am I telling you that? It's because magicians have very special ways of thinking. They don't think in normal ways. It's just how we see the world, where when you're a magician, you need to take uh, um, the smallest things and make them play big. You need to find the drama in something small. Because as a magician, if you come out on stage with some odd prop that people have never seen before, they'll just say, oh, and, and magical things happen. They'll say, oh, I guess that's a property of that odd prop. Like it shoots fire and confetti and gold tinsel. That's what that prop does. So it's not magical. So for magicians to do things that are really amazing, we need to do things with coins and people's thoughts and whatnot, you, you, right? So that figures in very much into me differentiating people. Forgive the long. Uh, I love that. I love that because and, and and we need to take a quick break. But uh, I love that because what it what it actually already brings into this conversation for me um, is the whole concept about. Um, the, the, the big drama uh, versus the small things and, and, and the importance of the, of the small things. Because sometimes we're thinking, uh, I have to be this huge, massive, um, um, let's call it an elephant because I'm in, I'm in Africa. You know? um, <laughs> I have to be this big elephant in the room for people to notice me. But sometimes it's just a word uh, or a flick of a hair or something like that that gets people to actually notice you. Hey, uh, and I know you have to go to break, but real quick, there was a, a Seattle uh, in uh, in the United States, a Seattle poet who died in 1980, Richard Hugo, who in an essay once said something like, uh, it was something like, write about small things, because if you have a big mind, it will show itself in small things. And so I always follow... When people want world peace, when they want, you know, because I work with people sometimes on big deals, I almost yeah. invariably go, okay, what's a moment within that? What's yeah. a, a fragment within that? Because it's too big for us to actually get our heads around. Let's start with something exciting and small, and then the larger thing will suggest itself. Ah, hope maker. Strategy, position strategist as well as magician. Uh, that's Mark Levy. We need to take a quick break uh, on the Hope Maker Show and uh, we'll be back after this. Vuga Online Radio, your inspiration radio station. Welcome back uh, to uh, I, I no longer I no longer mess it up uh, because um, when when we started uh, uh, Mark I, I messed it up uh, because I'm used I have a jazz show that actually takes place uh, every Friday um, uh, on the, on the station uh, so I kind of like usually do two things and on a Monday I do leadership and on a and on a on a on a Friday I do jazz. And those are like the two things that I'm like absolutely really passionate about. But then, of course, in between now, it looks like I'm doing hope. <laughs> Since you said leadership and jazz, did you ever read a book by Max Dupree called Leadership Jazz? From yeah, I haven't. And funny enough, Max uh, is one of my favorite authors. Oh, really? Oh, wow. And yeah. you never read it. Oh, it, stuff's brilliant. Okay. I don't know. You I'm read Leadership read. is an Art, right? 
That's what you read. That's his most famous book. But his second, his next book was Leadership Jazz. I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check it out. Thank you for bringing it up. Yeah. Let's talk about a whole. Um, I mean, we, we, when we met, we were going to be doing this whole uh, hope making process and all of that. But let's start with this question. I always ask this question, and I don't know what it means, but I'm, I'm curious about what your answer is for it. What does hope mean for you? Yeah. Um, hope, by the way, I never defined it until we got into this gig. Yes. You know, this thing that we're doing, it's not something that I ever uh, thought about. And the reason why I never thought about it, and I'll give you a, a definition of hope in a second, but I had never thought about it because, again, in my world as a magician, those of you who were listening a few minutes ago know I have a background as a differentiation expert and a magician. And in a magician, you uh, you don't generally use hope so much. Everything is just uh, uh, you. There's a wonder that you want to create, and you just engineer your way towards that wonder. So it's not about oh, I want to be able to read that guy's mind. Oh my God, I hope I could do that. So it's oh, I want to read his mind. Okay, what are the circumstances? Where is he? Where am I? who's around him like you know what i mean so for, so everything in magic is kind of doable so we don't at least me i don't use hope that much it it all becomes drawing up like a blueprint oh you want that person to float how high do you want them to float do you want them to spin around while they're floating do you want them to float on plumes of water do you want them to float over the audience they're just design parameters so that's how I look at it. And that's detail, right? But uh, right. I'm hearing, yeah, I'm hearing right. that um, around that, because um, I'm, I'm, I'm still curious to hear now what your definition, definition is. Sure. I'm, I'm hearing that behind that, though, there's there's a aspiration of sorts um, uh, that needs to then be cleared up. Well, that's right. So the aspiration, so my definition of hope, uh, which I came up with for this show, uh, yes, said, yes. Right, we right. the world, baby. <laughs> right, exactly. I said, it's a positive expectation around something that's a stretch. Wow. You know what I mean? Say so that again. Hope, Say that again. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't have hope around, oh, I'm going to put my frozen entree into the microwave and microwave it, and I hope it comes out hot. That yeah. would not happen. Yes. You know, it's the stretch. That's yeah. the thing. It's beyond my grasp where I am right now. It has to do, I think, also with control. It's yes. beyond your grasp and you don't have total control over it. So you're, you're uh, uh, throwing some, you know, magic of your own into the air to try to reach it. Yeah, and I, I like that. I want you to read that again. I mean, just in case there's a there's a there's a listener that wants to quote you somewhere. Uh, hashtag hope makers, just in case, and um, on social media everywhere, uh, and the hashtag Buga Online Radio. So let's do that. Let, let's do that definition again. What 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 did it's, you? Say? It's a hope is a positive expectation around something that's a stretch. Yeah, there you go. So you are an athlete, and uh, if you are uh, if you are Usain Bolt, I want to see if I understand this. So if you are Usain Bolt, uh, if you can run uh, nine point zero three seconds anyway, 
And there's no hope there at all. You can right. do it, right? But the stretch, if I hear it there, is you want to do 8.99 and you hope you can reach it. Right. That's right. Well, and <sighs> that's right. That's right. And by the way, so related to this, and forgive me if I'm jumping around. No, too no, much, no. I, I know, uh, um, uh, uh, like, um, I used to, when I was younger, because since you're talking about bulk, I used to think that when I was, so I used hope when I was younger in places where I didn't need to use hope. Because ah, yes. when I was younger, I'm talking about like 20 or teens or whatnot. I had that like fixed mindset that you yeah. read about in the Carol Dweck books and whatnot. Yeah. And so if I couldn't do something right away after a couple of tries, I just thought to myself, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. Like this is something Mark Levy cannot do. It's just biologically or cog- whatever it is, it's out of my ability. Yeah. I didn't realize, I know this sounds ridiculous given where we are today about the potential movements of what, but I was born in 1962. When I was a kid, right? When I yeah. was a kid, like I didn't know that you could practice your way to better. I thought you were either good, you were a natural, or you weren't a natural. I didn't know there was an alternative. You either have it or you don't have it at all. Right, right. So I would like use hope as a substitute for practice or for working hard towards something because I didn't realize that that was possible. Yeah, you know, you remind me. um, Well, (laughs) when I was younger. (laughs) I thought one day I'll get here, hey? When I was younger. You just reminded me, my boss, um, I was in corporate many years ago, and I I had a boss who uh, was a bit challenging. And one of the things um, I I, I said, so I had just been appointed into a role as the the head of HR for this multinational, and now um, I'm supposed to put a a strategy together for for the whole uh, 34,000 staff. And he go, and then I go like, um, so he goes. Some, he said something about uh, the outcome of this thing, and I went like, "Well, uh, I hope it will come out." Da, 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 da. I can't remember the exact detail. And then he, and I never forget this. I've never forgotten this because he kind of planted this uh, in my spirit. And every time I hear that word hope, um, and you just help me uh, with. Uh, that differentiation because he would then say something like uh, how um, so he was a cross gentleman he would go like how um, when you say hope like you have what, what do you mean you hope so like you have no control uh, and, and, I, and, and, and at that time I'm new I actually don't have control uh, but but what, what, what this story brings to me and based on also your definition um, in this instance is that there's something there around uh, the stretch there's something there about control uh, or something you don't necessarily have control over but there's a there's for me an outside piece um, of this uh, uh, outside looking outside looking in piece or some uh, for people that look that are looking at you because when we're working with hope most of the time it's an inside thing and and it's our experience right but people don't know 
uh, what our experience look like uh, or feel like. Uh, they don't have that experience of it. But there's something there for me about hope where people are also hopeful for you um, versus where people just trust you. Tell me because, what I don't fully get. It's hope versus trust. So Yeah, because uh, here's how I look at it. So I don't know what I'm saying, but I'm, I'm kind of uh, hearing this coming through. And English is my seventh language, so bear with mm. me. <laughs> oh my gosh. What are your language? Uh, what are the your the seven languages that you're um, Well, uh, locally, we have about nine. Uh, we have 11 languages and uh, uh, 11 official languages. So I speak uh, about... Uh, uh, eight of them, which includes English, um, uh, in that. So, um, oh my God, that's, I, that, that's where it goes. And then, of right, course, right. You, you add a little bit of French and a little bit of Portuguese there because I kind of have to travel. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. But coming back to this thing, I'm listening to this. I'm, I'm thinking that uh, something worth exploring and, and is hope and hope with the whole concept of hope with where people are hoping you and they understand your stretch. They understand that uh, there is a space where you also cannot arrive. And so they're in the journey with you. I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking that kind of hope has, can be quite inspiring. But there is a, an element then of trust where people already trust you. And they assume that the stretch is already done. So uh, if I have an Usain Bolt and Usain Bolt right. comes to me and says, I hope I can make 8.99, and I'm going to let you Usain Bolt. <laughs> right, right, right. For, because for me, that perception of stretch and um, of a couple of seconds, I have absolutely no um, concept, concept of because for me seconds are just seconds but for an athlete like you say in bold a, a quarter of a second is everything it's everything yeah right? so, so this faith uh putting your your faith in other oh. yes yes carry on carry on, yeah. carry on. your faith in others as a means of crossing the chasm of stretch is yes. interesting. It reminds me, um, I have not skied in like 15 years. I haven't skied in a long time. But when I first learned to ski, I was an adult. And so I was going very slow, you know, with the legs crossed, with the, you know, like super, super slow. And I was being taught by this guy named Jeff who was this super great black, like triple black diamond skier. You know, a guy who could like just at the top of the mountain. Yeah. And he was teaching me how to ski. And we came up to this huge ledge, you know, like it was like this monster ledge, especially yeah. for me at the time. Yeah. And I said to him, I don't think I can do this. And he said, you can do this. And so then I did it. Yeah. because Jeff was with me. Yeah. 
And I had like Jeff could jump off cliffs and reappear up ahead of us where I didn't even know what happened to him. And like this guy, he didn't deliberate about it. He didn't say, well, why don't you talk to yourself? Like he just said, no, you can do this. Yeah. Like with such conviction that I did it. I'm getting goosebumps with this conversation. His his conviction carried me down that place. You know what I'm, I'm learning already about hope here, uh, yeah. already in this conversation, and we need to take some music now. And uh, I'm learning that actually hope is not a singular thing, right? It's not something you can feel just for yourself. Um, it's something you can share. Um, uh, and it's something that people can do with you and can do for you as well. I mean, in that story that you just said now about Jack, it sounds like he was already hoping for you uh, but also with you and and conviction because that's for me the closing of that gap is conviction well i wouldn't even put hope in it uh i appreciate what it is you're saying i would look at it more as the stretch yes we came up to a stretch for me and he had certainty about the stretch because it's right he had seen me ski and it's like no you're good enough skier to do that like don't worry about it Uh, Uh, so it was his conviction that allowed me to take the stretch on yeah Uh, dear listener where have you been stressed before when have you been stressed this week and uh, what are the stories of hope that have stretched you and in, 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 in this instance that when you look at them now you realize um, wow that was a strange but I'm also curious who was around you who was that spirit that um, energy the conviction source uh, that kind of propped you up and inspired you uh, talk to us at Google Online Radio or otherwise um, uh, or, or on Sima uh, Karima. But you can also uh, go to the uh, Hope Makers uh, uh, website, hashtag Hope Makers. We are like everywhere now. We want to make sure that uh, hope is everywhere. So just go hashtag Hope, hashtag Hope Makers. Go to the Hope Makers, go to Westwood, and let's talk. Let's open a conversation about hope as we shift this. But for now, I want to take some music. And uh, here is Queen. It's a kind of magic. You're listening to Vuga Online. You are rocking with the best. I love that. Yeah, you are on the Hope Makers show. And uh, let's talk about magic and hope, um, uh, uh, Mark, quickly. Um, Is there a connection? Oh, yeah. Um, Magic and hope. Interesting. Uh, Yes, because when people come to see magicians perform right um i have encountered this many times they know that there's no such thing as magic they you know they know oh yeah like this is and magicians like we say these are illusions or whatnot but invariably they still hope that they see something that takes them beyond the norm like even the most rational scientific person like you know when you perform for invariably uh uh like they're coming in at least with some explanation of something unexplained happening and that unexplained is like a little doorway to something very different 
because they want something different. They want their life, uh, uh, forgive me if I'm uh, aggrandizing here, I don't mean this in, uh, but you know, they want their, their, their life to be bigger. And so they're hoping that the magician at least shows them this little crack towards something. Well, I can't explain that. And if I can't explain that, what else can I explain? Yes, 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 yes. I get that. I get that. And I can see how that can apply in real life, right? Because we are continuously looking for, I mean, if I go back, we started this conversation talking um, about this whole um, last two years of, of I, I don't know what uh, well, how this was for you, but um, I, I think you kind of shared a little bit. But for me, um, although I wasn't filled with hopelessness, um, but there was continuously a search for something else, for something uh, different, something that I cannot explain. Uh, because if the reality is exactly what it is, uh, then it's kind of over, isn't it? Right. Uh, <laughs> I love the finality of that. Yeah. yeah. When have you ever been hopeless? Can you share some of the times when you have been hopeless? Oh, yeah. Well, um, um, when I was uh, when I was younger, so when I was graduating from college, this was, you know, forever ago, 40 years ago. When I was graduating from college, uh, I kind of went from a perfect grade point average, like a 4.0 grade, to not being able to finish a course. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I got so, and it was this transition between being a student and being in the real world as an adult. And that, you know, got to me. It's like, oh my God. I'm supposed to have figured things out by now is what my thinking was. And I have, I'm not even close to it. And so that kind of shut me down. So that would have been a time uh, when, when I felt uh, hopeless. And by the way, one of the, one of the ways that I got out of that, there were a myriad number of ways to help me get out of it. But one of the real ways that helped get me out of it was comedy was laughing at things i always find it like if you ever work with me i'm Uh gonna be funny we could be talking about any subject and it doesn't mean i won't be respectful but i will be funny in any subject because i find that being overly serious kind of shuts down how you're thinking like it makes your it narrows your your mind and whereas being funny is all about surprise and the unexpected so that makes things bigger yeah and right more creative yeah Yeah. and there's a and there's a brain psychology to that by the way um Mm -hmm. uh, because um with dopamine and serotonin just flowing in into your body and there's a lot of work that i've been doing with the happiness at work uh, for example, which actually kind of shows positive effect and and and, and the effect. Ooh, nice English. The effect of positive effect. Uh, right, right. <laughs> uh, on 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 creating uh, that sense of, um, I, I suppose, um, uh, high spiritedness 
and hopefulness, I, I would imagine. But one thing I noticed about you, and, and I, as you just said it, I was about to say that I find that it looks like it's easy for you to love. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm yes. doing right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's just that I so immerse myself in humor and I have for so long. Um, and uh, by the way, so when I was 11 years old, my dad died of a heart attack. Suddenly he was a young man and he died of a heart attack. And so um, everyone was wonderfully coming over and, uh, you know, giving us uh, fruit. You know what I mean? Like they were giving gifts because they were uh, uh, coming over to visit us. And a friend of mine, remember an 11 year old friend, um, uh, he came over and I guess he didn't know better because he gave me a comedy album. Yeah, he gave wow. me a Cheech and Chong album, a oh, yeah. you know, like Cheech and Chong. Yeah, yeah. He gave me a Cheech and Chong album. Uh, but, uh, he kind of violated the rules because yeah. You know, back then, you're not supposed to, if someone's dad dies, you don't give him a comedy album about people smoking dope. You know, it's like, but he did. And I so loved listening to that album over and over again. You know, whereas the fruit, we ate the fruit or it rotted or we gave it to someone. The comedy album I could stay with. And so that really got me into things like Monty Python and all kinds of other things and so now sometimes when I I don't always do this but sometimes when I approach a subject and I, I mean like a business subject one of the first things I'll do I, I write about things for myself it's private writing I'll write as many jokes as I can about a subject like while I'm this this is a serious this is a subject like like, how do we increase market share of our blank company in this blank area? You know, whatever. And I'll just say, okay, what jokes can I do here? And again, it's because those jokes get me to stretch. It gets me to look at the subject from unusual vantage points. It gets me to come to unusual conclusions and so forth. You know what I mean? It's oh, just, okay. so, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know anyone else who does that, but I do that. Um, yeah. uh, it, so you said, why do I laugh so easily? Uh, it's because, uh, you know, comedy is my default. And the more serious the subject, the more likely I am to go to comedy because yeah. that helps me to deal with it and think yeah. creatively about it. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I mean, I, mean, I, I for me, it's music. Um, oh, yeah. In my conversation with Peter, um, uh, I, I could just... Um, just play something um, uh, when, I, when I think about some of the darkest, the, the darker moments of uh, my COVID experience uh, and I would see patterns where there are some songs that um, and that's why we have this radio station by the way, it's, it's because I realize the power of inspiration and mm. that comes not just uh, from um, content in, in, in words, but also from music, hence our tagline, more music, more inspiration, and uh, type of a thing, because for me, it's music, but yes, I think laughter uh, is the best medicine, right, they say. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Well, since, by the way, since you say music, 
uh, just comes to me. This says that this is, has to do with music rather than laughter. Um, Thelonious Monk yes. once said, he once said, he said so many interesting things. He said, I don't remember the exact quote, but you could look it up. But it was something about, about uh, like whatever you think is impossible, someone's going to pass you by and do it. I forget the, it's much better than what I just said. But like Monk was very much like, you think it's impossible. And like, I promise you someone's doing it. Yeah, so keep, keep thinking that way. Somebody's passing by. You right, are on right. Hope Man Radio and uh, we, are, we are on the Hope Maker Show. And uh, I'm hoping we are lifting your spirits. And I have uh, uh, Mark Levy uh, in the virtual studio because I'm in my kitchen. Uh, having a cup of coffee, uh, differentiation expert, magician, hope maker, amongst other things. Uh, but uh, um, I think what I like, um, I like this thing about helping people. As soon as I heard it, their sex, their big sexy idea, I was gonna, okay, maybe I wanna sign up. Uh, right. But <laughs> when we come back, I wanna ask uh, uh, Mark. I want you to think a little bit about because we're gonna, we're gonna take a quick break. I want you to think a little bit about one challenge you can give to the listeners. Um, uh, when we wrap up because we almost lose I mean an hour has kind of, kind of gone very fast um, and then uh, I I also want to talk a little bit I want to check check here what a uh, oh yeah something that crossed my mind just bit, uh, while you were talking was the whole idea when I think about your clients what were some of the uh, most inspiring uh, stories that every time you think about it kind of makes you go like wow I remember that. It makes you smile. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of curious. So I don't know where that question sure. came from. But I kind of want to yeah. talk about it. But for now, um, uh, go get a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, milk, sugar. Don't say I said you should drink coffee. Just go right. and get something to drink. <laughs> we'll be back. Hi, this is Dr. Angosi Mafuta. Catch me with Zakeles Banyoni on the Health and Wellness Talk Show every Wednesday, just after 10. Playing the music you love. This is Vuga Online, your inspiration radio station. 24 hours of non-stop anthems. You are on Vuga Online Radio and uh, we are on the Hope Maker Show with Mongezi and I am with Mark Levy and we are talking about hope. We are not going anywhere with this conversation. We are just hoping as you go into it, you're finding something. I think for me, the background to this work is that um, we've been doing some interesting work and then we kind of came together at some point as a group of people across the world and then we decided, you know, with the world where it is, um, we talk about hope quite a lot. Um, so what the hell is it actually? And as consultants, as these people, as leadership, whatever these things that we all do, um, how do we bring hope to the world? So this is one of the ways. Let's see if it brings hope to you. Tell us at Google Online Radio everywhere or otherwise um, at Mongas And where do they reach you, Mark, um, when people want oh, to connect with you? Oh, yeah. My website is levyinnovation.com. That's L-E-V-Y and then the word innovation.com. And my contact stuff's there so they can reach yeah. out. I, I, I always say, very funny, I always say to people, um, if you're McLeavy, just say Google me. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I know with you, there is another McLeavy who is... There are, Mark, a lot of There's like uh, 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 plenty. Um, but... Um, so before we took a break, I, I, I asked you a question. I, I, I wanted to check with you. 
um, I mean, you, you've, you've literally been everywhere. Uh, the White House, United Nations, Harvard, like, everywhere. What is the one story you keep going back to uh, with your clients and, your, and, and it, it fills you with inspiration every time you think about it? A story that fills me with inspiration every time I think about it. Um, uh, uh, I can, well, I'll tell you, since I don't know the answer to that, I'm going to tell you a really good story. All right. So, and then I'll make it fit what you just said, but here's a good story. Ready? So there's a, there's a stand-up comic who I adore named Patton Oswalt and Patton Oswalt, you know, he's a comic, but he's also a television and a movie star. Like, he was in the comedy King of Queens, and he was the voice of the rat in Ratatouille and the animated film or whatnot. And so Patton Oswalt uh, says one day he got a call from a booker from a major casino, the person who arranges the talent. And she said, oh, later this week, we're doing a special event for our 400 highest rollers. These are people who spend millions of dollars a year in the casino, and it's just for them, that show. We want you to come in and do uh, your, your a set for us, for our highest rollers. And Pat Oswald said, you know, I'm a comedian. I do comedy clubs. I don't play casinos, I'm sorry. And then the woman quoted him a figure money right for one show if he did one show and pat oswald the figure was so huge the amount of money she quoted that he said it would have paid for my daughter's private school for a year just one show so he said okay i'll do it i can't pass up the opportunity that i could send my daughter to private school for a year yes i'll do it and so he flew in to do the show and he didn't even look in the audience. He was backstage in the wings and he saw the booker, the booker came over to him. And he said, remember, so he was being paid a fortune, like like 20 times more than he had ever been paid for a show in his life. And so he said to her, how much time do you want me to do on stage? An hour, an hour and a half, two hours, like how much time do you want, you know, like it's all this money. And she said, no, 15 minutes. Yeah. And he, he thought, oh, oh my God, 15, this, this, I'm being paid for like 20 shows worth. Uh, uh, like, I, and he said, how about an hour? And yeah. she said, not an hour. She said, if you must do 30 minutes tops, yeah. but I promise you 15 minutes is more than enough. So he wow. said, I'll do 30 minutes, right? Because he just thought I have to put in the time to yeah. earn the money. And so when he went out on stage, he saw what the problem was going to be, what she meant. Because these 400 high rollers were there, the top gamblers, and they were all drunk and they were all screaming and they were all throwing food. And they were, and when they saw him come out, they all knew him and they were super excited. And they started, as Pat Oswald said, for the next half an hour, all they did was throw my resume at me. So in other words, they kept on yelling out things of his that they had seen in him. You know, they yell out King of Queens and Ratatouille and like different movies he had been. And like they were so loud and boisterous and they, they were unrelenting. And he said, all I did was say, yep, and thank you. Like to each thing they were yelling out. And he said, 
a half an hour had come and I hadn't told a single joke. They were still yelling at me. All my stuff yelling out my, you know, oh. like, like, like these, you know, comedies he had been in and whatnot. And so he promised the woman he wouldn't be on for more than a half an hour. So when a half an hour came up, he said, thank you. And he started to walk off and the 400 high rollers stood up and gave him a standing screaming ovation. Oh, no. And he gets, he gets to the wings and he gets back there and he sees the booker who hired him. And he's really scared because he says, oh my God. He said, I didn't tell a single joke. She, I wonder if she's gonna be angry at me. I wonder if she's gonna pay me. And the booker came up to him really excited and said, that was amazing. I have 14 more properties. Do you think you can do the same thing at those other 14? And so end of story. So to me, when I heard that story, I thought to myself, I instantly thought that it was a story about value because yeah. what Patton Oswald thought was value was different than what the booker thought was value. Patton yeah. Oswald thought that he was being paid this huge amount of money to tell jokes. The booker hired him, paid him this huge amount of money to make the room uh, of high rollers delighted. And it was mission accomplished. So often I say to my clients, we need to understand what value is in the work you're doing. What do you think is value? And how does your marketplace or your audience, what might they be valuing that's, that's different than what you're valuing? I love that story. That, thank you so much. So you asked me about a story that fills me with hope or whatnot. I don't know that that story that fills me with hope, but that's a touchstone story in the past year for me or a couple of years yeah. where I always think when I'm working with someone, where are they telling jokes when they should be delighting high rollers? Like, yeah. like I don't even necessarily say it. It's just in my mind. Yeah. Wow, amazing. I mean, that's, I mean, it's over. Like, we're done. We're done. Goodbye. The day, the show's finished. Thank you, guys. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for it. <laughs> that is such a valuable lesson. I mean, it, it, when you. The world think about doesn't it, need hope after that story. After that story, of course. It's all. Yeah. But, but you, know what, you, you know what's fascinating about it, um, about that story for me personally, is around how we tend to. Uh, uh, two things: how we we see ourselves um, very differently from how the world sees us, yeah. and and we think it's the truth, yeah. And there's many of us, many people out there right now who are walking around thinking they are one thing, when uh, when the rest of the world is looking at them and saying, "Oh no, you're not a penguin, baby. You are, um, I, I don't know, a peacock." Right, right, right. Amazing. And and they are walking around and, and, and trying to squeeze themselves into corners that they are not supposed to be. But uh, actually, they should be flying. And oh, wow. And then, but I think the other piece for me is about what you just said now. Um, uh, how do we have conversation with others about value? And and how do we ask? Um, one of the things that's for me interesting, and it's very difficult, of course, when I do it here, I'm hoping I'm listening enough to hear some of the things you say, but <laughs> we don't listen enough uh, to be able to hear 
where value is. Right, right. Uh, That's, wow. How do we get ar- how do we get around that? Uh, uh, not get around it. How do we become yeah. better learners? I don't know. Maybe that's the challenge because I said to you, um, you need to give us a bit of a challenge to start wrapping up the show. But before we do, uh, we wrap up. And one question I wanted to ask you: What are some of the things that you're doing today, um, today next next week, many uh, that around bringing hope into the world? Well, sorry about that. You know what just happened? If you saw me jump, yes. my cat is on the windowsill, and I think a bird flew into the window, and the cat. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I apologize. Um, What are some of the things that I'm doing to bring hope uh, to the world? Uh, I, uh, I'm, uh, I don't know. You know, it's just my norm, my, my normal. So my, my differentiation work that I do with people is really all about hope. You know, it's this idea of, like the client it's like i'm great but people don't realize how much significance i'm adding to the world i want to be more significant and so all my my works about hope or if you look at magic you know like i create magic tricks and magic illusions and magic shows it's all about okay you think this is uh, um you think this is ordinary but this thing that you've walked by over and over again, this thing you've been carrying in your pocket all your life is not ordinary at all. Yes. You know, it would be like, uh, um, um, I, I say magicians, we're not into to subtlety, like we're into boldness. So I like to say a, a subtle trick is a bad trick. So if I borrowed a coin from you and I took that coin, I put it in my hand and snapped my fingers and the coin now, its date was 2014 and now its date is 2015. That yeah. would be a really bad trick because you might say, well, maybe I misread the date. Maybe it was yeah. dark in here, maybe whatever. A much better trick would be to borrow a coin from you, dab you initialed the coin, put the coin in my left hand, snap my fingers, and now your initial coin turns into a live box turtle with your initials on the shell and then give it to you to keep. That would be a way better trick. Like that's a big, bold trick that's bold enough to make a dent in how people think. So that, that's kind of like, like that's the stuff that I think about all the time. So you said, what are you doing now? And I thought, oh, what am I doing that's special? It's like all the stuff I do is around transformation really. So, you know, if that makes sense. Nah, that, that, I think you got it. Let's finish off this sentence for me. Yes. What, what the world needs now is dot, uh, dot, dot. greater rationality. Yes, uh, we can. I, I get that. No need to explain. And we're wrapping up. What is the challenge you're giving to the listeners? As, as people across the world are listening now, where they are, what is the one thing that you're challenging them to do immediately they finish this show? Oh, well, something that I do all the time is that I try to remind myself how the universe is supporting me like despite how I feel. So almost every day I take an inventory of three or four or 10 things that were super cool that happened in the past day. 
But I mean, they can be ordinary things like, you know, like a bedspread or something like that. Like it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to, it can be monumentous, but it can be. So I just like getting into appreciating things uh, as a regular habit, even the smallest things, I find that really creates uh, uh, greater hope and greater strength. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Peter Levy, thank you so much, man. Uh, Mark Levy, why am I calling you Peter Levy? No, <laughs> thank you so much, Mark, um, you so for, much. For, for, for your energy, um, for your stories, um, um, for your experiences, but most importantly, your contribution to the world. Um, um, because um, with those big, bold ideas, um, with in my little understanding of this, subtle but powerful impact um, it's, for me it's already bringing so much hope to the world and we always um, all of my all my shows um, other than the jazz show where I play like 90 to 20 pieces of music the whole uh, the whole three hours we always close the show with some music and what song gives you hope every time you play it let's see what's the song that gives me uh hope uh 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 it's gotta be can you play a beatles song i can i can play any song you like you can play any uh uh um all beatles songs bring me hope it doesn't yeah. matter even the darkest beatles song brings me hope yes. so your choice yes. on you a can beatles tell me she's leaving home brings you hope <laughs> right 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 like revolution you know, ah. by the Beatles. That brings yeah. me hope. There you go. Revolution by the Beatles. And that's Mark Levy. Um, positioning strategist. He helps organizations and thought leaders differentiate by using what he calls their big, sexy idea. And he's been talking to us uh, about hope and other things. Because I, I don't know what we were talking about, but I'm hoping you, hoping, <laughs> you got what you, uh, you got something out of it. Remember, Hope is the seed of data in our heads that tells us it will be all right if we nurture it. I wish Vuga you a online radio, your inspiration, your inspiration radio station. Show. Have a lovely one. Ciao.